Jewish audio on Chabad.org. Hilchah Shvuas continues to give many other details, both about Shvuas Bitoy, and now in addition to that, many details about Shvuas Shav. So just to speak a few uh, details that we learn in this chapter regarding Shvuas Bitoy. So as we learned in Perek Aleph, Shvuas Bitoy can be both past tense and future tense. And here the Rambam in great detail differentiates that when it's coming to a statement, an expression of something that already happened, makes no difference whether it's about me doing something or anyone else doing or not doing something. If it's emes, then it's emes. And if God forbid it's a sheker, that's a violation of Shuaz Bitoy for which there is a chayev, chayev malkis, chayev karbin. But when it comes to a Shuaz Bitoy future tense, it can only be directed towards me. I swear that I will eat today. I swear that I won't eat today. I swear that I'll throw something into the sea that I won't throw, etc. But I cannot make a shvuas bitoy regarding you. I have no power over you. However, here there is one exception, and that is, is that if, if my oath regarding someone else is regarding them not being allowed to benefit from something that belongs to me, so here uh, a person is able, technically not with a shvuah, technically only with a nether. I can prohibit that which is mine upon you. That's really the definition of a nether, that I'm asiding a chayfetz upon me or upon someone else. Even when I verbalized it, Belash and Shavua, since I'm able to make a nether, such an oath will be chal. Like, I swear that uh, you won't benefit from my property tomorrow. That's, that's an oath, because I have the power to prohibit you from benefiting from my property. Let's move on to another big theme and that's going to already lead us into Shvua Shav, even though up until now we define Shvua Shav as either me making an oath that's known to all that it is false. Like if a person swears on a man, I swear this is a woman. Or the other Shvua Shav that we learned in the first chapter is when a person makes an oath regarding something that's completely superfluous. Everyone knows that it is what it is. I swear regarding the tree that it is a tree. That's also a Shvua Shav. Now we're going to put together the rule that we began on last chapter of Ein Shvua, Halal Shvua, and we're going to explain how that becomes a Shvua Shav. For example, being that we all swore at Mount Sinai to keep all the mitzvahs, so since we are all mushboim vo'im de mahar sinai, if a person makes an oath, for this person, God forbid, to nullify a mitzvah, uh, that oath not only is not effective, l'chatchil it's not effective, because I can't do that, I'm already mushba vo'imid, that will also be a shvua shav, because I got to do what God said to do. Now there are exceptions to that. For example, if a person swears not to eat matzah the whole year, l'mashul, if, I, if a person swears not to eat matzah on the night of Pesach, they can't do that. They are already sworn to eat the kezayis, the chule, on the night of the Seder. But since the person mentioned the whole year, just like we learned in the previous chapter, that when you have an isur koilul, yes, shvua halal shvua, here also, since it's chal for the rest of the year, it's also chal for the night of the Seder. Now, this person is really trapped. No, but if they eat matzah, if they would not matter their shvuah, then they're going to be chayef for breaking their oath. Bottom line is, nishba levatl mitzvah is something that's completely um, uh, 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 regarded. There's no shvuah's bitu issue, but yes, there is a shvuah's shav issue.